It's true that cannabis is a harder road for entrepreneurs than most. All entrepreneurs need vision to raise money, find help, and deliver their product or service while turning a profit. If only cannabis was that easy. Cannabis entrepreneurs also must find a bank that accepts cannabis clients, a location that will rent to them, and find suppliers who may themselves be unsure about working with cannabis companies. And sometimes, an entrepreneur needs to create a law that will even allow their business to exist. My guest today, Ah Warner, is this sort of entrepreneur. If you enjoy hearing frank discussions that dive deep into cannabis health, business, and technique, I encourage you to subscribe to our newsletter. Every week, you'll receive a new podcast episode delivered right to your inbox, along with commentary on a couple of the most important news items from the week. Social media sites are becoming very unreliable in showing folks every post they want to see, so sign up for the newsletter to make sure you don't miss an episode. You are listening to Shaping Fire, and I am your host, Shango Los. Ah Warner's extraordinary efforts as a citizen lobbyist created the country's first cannabis health and beauty aids law. The acronym for that law you'll hear a lot today is CHABA. That Washington law removed cannabis health and beauty aids from the state's Controlled Substances Act. Those products can now be sold in any store like food co-ops, massage suppliers, and even big chains like Walgreens. All the way back in 1995, Ah Warner founded Cannabis Basics in Washington, where she's still presently CEO. Cannabis Basics has two lines of products. The first line is based on the healing properties of hemp seed oil and are available throughout the United States. The second, available only in Washington, are based on whole plant cannabis with THC. The astonishing thing, though, is that they have THC and yet can be sold anywhere. Ah received the 1999 Hemp Times Bioneer Award for Outstanding Achievement in Body Care and the MJBA Women's Alliance Special Award for her focus and dedication to the women in Washington's cannabis industry. Ah is also founder and executive director of the International Cannabis Health and Beauty Aids Producers Alliance, which spells out the wonderful name of Ichabapa. Ah has been a cannabis activist for decades and now finds herself at the helm of one of the most important and visionary cannabis companies in the country while inspiring people in other states to figure out how they can create Chabalas where they live like Ah has done in Washington. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Ah. Hey, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm very glad you are. So let's get right into it. So, you know, during the 2016 Washington State Legislative Session, you successfully lobbied for a new state law that would allow full plant cannabis extract health and beauty products with a THC content of less than 0.3% to be sold in regular unlicensed stores. And, you know, this was a big deal because this kind of law exists nowhere else in the United States. So tell Tell us a little bit about this law and what it took to get passed. It was actually, um, so that's all true, except that it was 2015. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. So we introduced the the language. Um, Jeannie Cowell, Senator Jeannie Cowell was my champion in the Senate. And we introduced that uh, language in January 22nd of 2015. And it was passed uh signed by Inslee on June 30th and enacted on July 1st of 2015. So it's been over a year and a half now. It feels like it's amazing. It's amazing how time flies Quick, by. In the right? Camp, right? <laughs> but you are absolutely correct. This is um, some legislation. This is law that doesn't exist in any other state in the union. Um, and so we're leading the way for cannabis health and beauty aids. And so products less than 0.3% THC, non-intoxicating and topical applications only are available to be sold on the mainstream marketplace here in Washington state only. 
Yeah, it's profound. And so um, I want to drill into this just a little bit more because I'm okay. sure a lot of people are like, well, we've got cannabis laws in our state. Why aren't they the right. same? What is What makes this particular um, law unique? Well, uh it basically it defines so that I see three divisions of cannabis topicals. One is hemp body care, one is cannabis health and beauty aids in the middle, and that's what we're specifically talking about. And then the third one would be recreational slash medical topicals that are sold in a regu- in a highly regulated market like our 502 market. And so we are. Uh, Chaba is the only place that Chaba actually exists is here in Washington state. Um, And so what we did was we defined it for the first time. We defined it as not marijuana and we were able to get it removed out of the Washington state controlled substances act, which was um, a big deal. And it means a lot for other states because it was, we were the first state to remove anything cannabis out of any state's controlled substances act. And I, I believe it to be true that no industrial hemp has an even been removed out of any state's Controlled Substances Act. So this is the first chipping away of the block of a state CSA. So we're pretty proud of it. Yeah, that's a lot to be a proud of. And you know, since so much us of us are are throwing around this this sub 0.3 percent uh, as it as it applies to the CBD from hemp world, I think it's right. important that we take a moment and clarify for folks that that this is not what we're talking about. It's that same 0.3 percent number, but we're talking about authentic cannabis plants, not industrial hemp. And the key point is the percentage of THC in the final product that goes on the shelf, which must stay below 0.3%, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so I used that hemp level because I knew that that was the one that was everyone was comfortable with in the United States, that less than 0.3% THC. I used that when we were writing the language. Um, but, but just because it's less than 0.3% THC as a finished product, it doesn't make it hemp. It's chaba. Hemp is a plant, a cannabis plant that's less than 0.3% THC. So they're very different definitions, but we absolutely use the same number. And I just want to make sure that people understand, you know, when you say less than 0.3% THC in a finished product, so I'm talking about a cream or an ointment or a, or a lotion, you're actually talking about 85, less than 85 milligrams of THC in a finished one ounce product. So people think, oh, less than 0.3% THC, it's nothing. Well, actually it is quite a bit. 80, 80, less than 85 milligrams is quite a bit in a one ounce container. Yeah, so. absolutely. And so you're right. When saying 0.3%, it, it sounds like an, in, an insignificant number. But when you when you switch over to milligrams, you're like, oh, you know, in, in an ounce, that makes a lot of sense as far yeah. as, you know, relief goes. When you look at active ingredients in like an Arnica cream, you're talking the active ingredients like five milligrams, seven milligrams. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. really low when you're talking active ingredients in, in health and, uh, in, you know, topical therapeutics. Did you find that you you really had a lot of challenge with legislators who mm-hmm. just didn't want to touch the cannabis topic at all? Uh, you know, was it was it difficult for you to kind of have them understand to tease out the difference between you know uh, other cannabis policy and cannabis policy as it applies to health and beauty aids? 
Well, I have to say, you know, I was very, very, you know, this was 2015, so medical was being shut down. I mean, we've had this tumultuous transition. It's been very painful. But I have, I really was conscious of the fact that I needed to keep Chaba separate from medical marijuana and Chaba separate from recreational or adult, adult use marijuana. And so I was conscious of that fact. And I, the, the legislators in Olympia, they're pretty savvy. They did. I didn't have a whole lot of opposition and actually, you know, there was only one when my son and I lobbied Olympia and took our two of our products to every office in Olympia, there was only one office that refused to take it. And so everybody was pretty happy and you can you can be guaranteed that Olympia was talking about cannabis topicals and cannabis basics for like, you know, three weeks after that. <laughs> <laughs> so no, they were very receptive is the short answer to that. Right on. And you know, while while we're on that, you you know, I, I have uh, heard you uh, talk to a lot of different folks about, you know, how to approach policymakers. And so, so as, a, as an aside, why don't you just take a moment and, and give folks your general primer? Because as so many people get are so emotional about wanting to liberate cannabis for, for patients and for rec that sometimes they, they go and they interact with their politicians as if they're the enemy. And I think that everybody can learn something from you about how you approached them. Well, it's about perspective. And so uh, in the cannabis culture, in the cannabis community, we have a different perspective. But you have to understand, it, in order to make anything happen, to change, you know, to, to liberate cannabis, we have to work from their perspective. So when you go, first of all, reach out to your legislators, legislators but always be professional. Always, you know, please and thank you and always look professional when you're down there because remember, they're not walking into your community, you're walking into theirs. So it's really important that you be yourself because that's what speaks to them. But you but you must present yourself like you you are down there lobbying. Every time you walk into a legislator's office, you're actually lobbying for a cause. So present yourself, be serious and you know, and if they're trying to make jokes, you know, because it is weed, you know, just keep, you know, be lighthearted about it. But remember, say this is really isn't a laughing matter anymore. We really need to work on this and get through, you know, the fear and the, you know, the laughable part of this. Um, but for me specifically, what it was, was I just happened to have um, the champion, Washington State champion, Jeannie Cole Wells, who's now a King County Councilwoman Cole Wells. Um, she happened to be the senator for my legislative district, the 36th district in, in Washington State. And so she was the perfect person. I, I got an introduction to her. I had a meeting with her. And from get. She was just like, oh, these are amazing. This doesn't make any sense why they would be regulated so heavily, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? She she was all in from the beginning. Within six months, we had legislation. We introduced it. And six months later, it was passed. So what you think is going to be a super, super daunting thing can sometimes be fairly easy. It's all about putting one foot in front of the other and being clear about what you're asking for. So after you got this new, never been seen before Chavo law passed, I'm mm -hmm. assuming that you had to go on a serious education <laughs> campaign with retailers, just like you had to do with legislators, because they must have been a little astonished that they could actually even carry your product. 
Yeah, and just like I had to do to retailers back in the 90s for hemp, and just like I had to do in the mid two thousand or in the early um, 2012, 2013 for the medical world for topicals. I mean, it's been one education <laughs> after another. But retailers now, um, you know, the irony, and I, I, I definitely want to make this point, is that marijuana being legalized has brought attention to my whole company, my hemp line and my Chaba line, and retailers are much more savvy now than they they were even two years ago you know it's hip cannabis is now acceptable so when they didn't wouldn't even talk to you before at least they're having a conversation now that being said I have had some bigger buyers in Washington State say oh we're just not ready for this we're just not willing to take the risk even though I can um, refer them to the RCW that shows them that it's absolutely legal for them to tell to sell these products in their store. Um, some of them are still uh, apprehensive. That being said, we are making progress. You know, I lost 125 medical marijuana stores on July 15th of this year, or I'm sorry, of 2016. So I lost my entire medical marketplace and now I'm up to about 55 mainstream stores so we're talking grocery stores and spas and coffee shops and chiropractic doctors, naturopathic doctors. This is the type of buyer that I have now, and they're far more savvy than, I, you know, I would even say some of the medical buyers that I was dealing with two years ago. And now I actually have, because I'm in the mainstream, I have the opportunity to have distribution. And so now I now have the first distribution deal for a Chaba product, I believe, in Washington State. And so now I have someone else reaching out to the bigger buyers on my behalf and so it's going to streamline this and make this happen much more quickly. But buyers are much more savvy these days. I, I can imagine the on your behalf part can be challenging because mm -hmm. as you are selling to the retail level buyers, they in turn need to explain what's going on to the end user. And, and are, are consumers buying the products? Do they get it? The consumers get it, and I have to tell you, in most cases, you know, every time I speak, and I, I do a fair amount of speaking, the last thing that I say is the best thing that you could do for for uh, Chaba and for liberating all of cannabis is to talk to your local retailer, your corner store where you go in to get your milk, ask them, do they carry any Chaba? And of course, this is only Washington State for now, but ask them, do, do you have any Chaba? Do you have any cannabis health and beauty aids? And if they don't say, well, I would encourage you to look into it. It's now legal for you to uh, sell it. And so it's, it's consumers and it's patients also going to their doctors and asking their chiropractors, it's safe for me to use this. It's really working for me. Uh, so it is kind of a groundswell of consumers asking the retailers and asking their care providers to carry these products. I'm excited. Well. I'm excited to talk to you about how this is a model for other states, but first we're going to take a mm. short break and be right okay. back. You're listening Great. to Shaping Fire and my guest today is Ah Warner, founder of Cannabis Basics. If you like podcasts like Shaping Fire, chances are that you'll like audiobooks too. Just like with podcasts, audiobooks speak to you, tell you stories and teach you stuff. Here's the thing. Audible.com has an offer that I want to tell you about. Right now, they are offering a trial of their audiobook service for absolutely free. You can go to shapingfire.com forward slash audible and you'll get a free audiobook straight up. 
You can listen to it on your mobile device, computer, or download it and listen to it, you know, like anywhere. It's really simple. Of course, they want you to subscribe to their service after the free trial and enjoy audiobooks forever, but you don't have to. All you have to do to get the free audiobook of your choice is to just check out the service for free. And the service is pretty great. There are whole sections on permaculture, sci-fi, history, um, biography, hell. You can even listen to a book about card counting in blackjack. Whatever, it's all pretty rad. So that's the deal. Your first book is free. It's easy to sign up. It's easy to quit. And their online library of free books is pretty incredible. So just check it out. Go to shapingfire.com forward slash audible to find out more. Or just click on the link in this week's newsletter. Welcome back. This is Shaping Fire, and I am your host, Shango Lose. Today's guest is Ah Warner, founder of Cannabis Basics. So in the first set, we were talking about how Ah uh, got the uh, first in the nation Chaba law passed. And now we understand that that she's also working on a new law that will give Chaba companies the privilege to buy raw inputs, cannabis inputs, from state-licensed recreational cannabis producers. That follow-up will pretty much remake the health and beauty aids market. Um, how is that new law going to work, Ah? Well, let me just set the premise of why it's necessary. Um, on, Of course, on July 15th of two, of. 2016, not only did I lose my medical retail marketplace, my buyers, but I also lost the collective garden model system, which is what medical worked under here as far as growers were concerned. So I I lost my sourcing as well. So I lost my way to acquire cannabinoids because I don't grow. I'm not a, I'm not a marijuana grower. And so what we really need is a way, is we, need an, we needed an accessibility event to be able to work with 502 producers. And so that's what we're working on now. We have a piece of legislation uh, in both the House and the Senate right now that is on pause until next year for um, for reasons that we just thought the climate wasn't quite ready for considering the new president and um, and the federal climate. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, so, but when it goes next session in January, we'll be moving forward with a piece of legislation that will allow me to source that allow Chaba permitted manufacturers, and they will be permitted through the Liquor and Cannabis Board. They'll have a permit that will allow them to take cannabinoids out of the 502 system and make their products as long as the product's finish is less than 0.3% THC. So it'll allow for the handling of cannabinoids. So the 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 kind of impact of all this fantastic work that you've been doing and and kind of where I want to go with the show today is that you are doing this, you know, nationally breakthrough work here in Washington, but as far as, you know, the US as a whole, um this can become a model. And so, you know, how are these two laws a model for similar work that could be done by other entrepreneur activists in other states? Yeah, I, I love that. Um, so, so my number one goal is to get the hands the, get these types of products in the hands back in the hands of all health conscious consumers. Remember, the products that I make were they were fairly commonplace 150 years ago. So let's we didn't re, we didn't invent anything. We just defined it here with our law. And so, um, but as far as other states using what we've done here in Washington State, uh, I think that it would be fairly easy for them to do. They could just look at their Controlled Substances Act and figure out a way to define these types of products 
and remove it out of their own state's Controlled Substances Act, but they also have to figure out a way for them to work with their own medical or adult use regulated system. I mean, you got to remember, some states don't have either. Yeah. So it's going to really depend on what is exactly happening in that state. I've had people from Colorado and California both reach out to me and ask me to do what we did you know, in their states, what we did here in Washington. And it's not, it's easier said than done because you have to look at the laws that are in place in, in those states and then tweak it from there. So, um, but I encourage anybody that wants to try to look at that to make that happen because it will be state by state by state, unless of course they just federally deschedule marijuana altogether. Um, but yeah, it, it's exciting. But you know, that being said, I am proud of the fact that uh, Washington State will be known as the birthplace and epicenter of cannabis, modern day cannabis health and beauty aids. So one of the things that I know just from being friends with you is that mm-hmm. um, you are a uh, you're you're constantly working. Uh, you are you love doing strategic alliances with other good people, and and you've got you've got this work ethic which is just you know intense. It's very intense. And, and, and so, you know, I know that there are, are other folks that are listening and are understanding what you're putting down about cannabis health and beauty aids. And you're like, you know, I might be able to do in, in my state what Ah did in Washington. What piece of advice or what would you say to them if they came up to you at a convention and said, you know, I want to do this in, in you know, in, in another state? What, what, what kind of advice do you give to those folks? So are you asking whether they to for them to change the law or for them to start making products like these? Let's say let's say well probably the the, the changing the law. I'm thinking of the entrepreneur okay. activist that's in a state that at the very least has medical and maybe they've got rec, but but they're sure. seeing this new opportunity and they just want any words of advice. Sure. Um well, it's not for the faint of heart. However, um, it, it, it could be easier than it seems. I, you know, first of all, you want to make a relationship with your legislators. So you need to know who your senator is and who your two House of Representatives are. Those people are your champions. And once it, they're just people, it seems a little intimidating. But once you have those people's ear, they're, it's their job. I mean, it is really their job to listen to you and their job to try to help you to manifest, especially new industry. Remember, this this is new industry and this will it, it won't generate um, an adult marijuana tax. It only generates a regular sales tax, but it's still business for the state. So anytime it has a, a monetary value to it that you've got their ear just a little bit more. But it really is just about having, you know exactly what you want to do and aligning yourself with somebody that, you know, if it's not you that writes the legislation, then, you know, get a, in touch with um, a legislator, tell them what you need. And then sometimes they have, will write the legislation for you. You don't always have to write it. Like they have Senate lawyer, uh, you know, writers that tweak all this legislation and get it into the actual language, you know, the law language to get it through. But they will help you along the way. It's about literally making those phone calls and setting up those appointments and getting the air of your legislators. So yeah, it, it's not necessarily um, glamorous all the time. There's a lot of no. detail work and tasks. <laughs> 
No, and what I did, you know, I have to say that I think one of the things that we did that was really smart, I took my son, I took my 15-year-old out of school, and I'm proud to, to talk about this because it gave him such a civic lesson to be down there with me. We went down and we dropped off two of the paint, two of the products in every single office. That's 148 offices in Olympia. We made sure that when they had to choose, you know, when they were making the decisions on this Chaba law that was in front of them, they knew what it looked like, they knew what it smelled like, they knew what it felt like. And so it was an education campaign down there, but that was just time and a little bit of money. You know, it really wasn't that costly. It took us two days, although the the capital security stopped us in the middle of our effort because they thought that it was illegal for us to be giving our products away uh -huh. and yeah and so we had to reach out and get clarification and they said come on back down I mean they had literally set shut us down for a day and then went to their lawyers and got back to us and said okay it's okay for you to come back so yeah so it's easy Right on. So, so along those similar lines, you know, I know that the FDA watches the health and beauty aids market really right. closely. And I imagine that must be sticky for you. Are you allowed to claim any health benefits from cannabis on the packaging? Um, no, absolutely not. So, so I am, so I'm not a supplement and I'm not an herbal remedy. So, I mean, that's a kind of a different category than a topical application. So mm. there's a little less um, scrutiny on topical applications. But you can't, as far as the FDA concerns, you can't make any claims that aren't substantiated by science, that aren't readily substantiated by science. And the fact of the matter is, there, you know, we're, because of the fear that's been around cannabis for all these years, we're not quite there as far as, yes, there's more and more research all the time. I don't want to say that there's no research out there. But as far as for claims on my actual labels, I, do, I don't make any claims. My, my labels have to be FDA compliant because I am what I am. You know, I have to be super, super careful. I don't even make any claims about the Arnica in my products, which I could. Mm -hmm, I'm just mm -hmm. being ultra safe. And so it basically says the FDA doesn't support any claims, but we encourage you right on the label. It says we encourage you to do your own research on our ingredient list. So I've got, and, I've got a similar question, but I want to, I want to change it up a little bit. Um, yeah. because, um, for folks who haven't like figured this out yet, the, the Chaba, the cannabis health and beauty aids are sold, that, that part of your line are sold in Washington because Washington has the Chaba law that you got passed. But then correct. you also have, um, a, a, a second half of your product line, which is all made with hemp seed oil. And, you know, hemp seed oil has been around for decades. Um, are you allowed? to speak about the health benefits of that even? Sure. Oh, that's Yes, good. I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can. Anything that's substantiated, hemp oil is, you know, it's a rich in essential fatty acids. It's rich in vitamin E, vitamin C, vitamin B. It's got key amino acids. I mean, it's amazing for our skin. And we've, we've been able to input. We can't grow in many states still and you know that's a whole nother hour show yeah, it is. <laughs> um but i've been importing uh hemp seed oil since 1994 and i've been buying it organic hemp seed oil from canada since 1999 and you know it's it's widely widely used in the united states now and just for for good reason i mean it's you know, it's the closest to our own natural semen. It is sebum. It is the best oil for skincare for uh, for humans. So, for other folks like I who don't know what sebum is, what is sebum? It's just our own natural uh, oil production. Oh, so like the the oil that I feel on my skin—that's that's called sebum. 
Yes. Oh, okay. And so it's, see, it's also got waxes in there. It's, you know, it's, it's a little more than just what you think of as oil. It's got the natural lipids. Very good. Very good. So we're going to take another short break and be right back. You are listening to Shaping Fire. And my guest today is Ah Warner, founder of Cannabis Basics. As a business owner, you are incredibly busy. In reality, you are responsible for everything your company does. You have so many responsibilities every single day that often you just don't have the time to really dig into something as deeply as you'd like. You know there is more that you could do to reach out to new customers and to encourage loyalty in the customers you already have, but you certainly don't have the time and you're not ready to hire someone full-time for that role either. For you, I recommend Blunt Branding. Blunt Branding principles Kirsten Nelson and Anthony Garcia are focused on improving your bottom line. You know, most marketing firms are excited to make your logo, packaging, and website very pretty, but they leave responsibility for improving your bottom line up to you. They don't want that kind of responsibility. But that is pretty much the most important part of marketing, right? Kirsten and Anthony will help you engage new customers, funnel them to your point of sale, and keep them coming back to you and telling their friends. No doubt, this is a paid commercial spot, but that does not mean they bought my opinion. I've worked with Blunt Branding on three projects now for various clients, and every single time they have done more than they have promised and over-delivered on results. I love how they generate new revenue and focus on that as the goal, instead of just making me a pretty logo. Similarly, every friend I've referred them to has come back to thank me, and that just does not happen every day. So grab a pen and paper because the website address is coming. If you want someone to implement marketing programs that feed your bottom line, give Blunt Branding a call. They will share proven techniques to increase your audience and generate sales while using cutting-edge technology in the background that make all of this easy, automatic, and trackable. Go to shapingfire.com forward slash Blunt Branding to find out more. You can also click the link in our weekly newsletter. Blunt Branding, marketing that makes you money. Welcome back. This is Shaping Fire, and I'm your host, Shango Lose. Today's guest is Ah Warner, founder of Cannabis Basics. So in the first two sets, we've been talking a whole lot about the different kinds of topicals and the changings of the law uh, in Washington and how that could be applied across the country. But I got to say that every time I talk to uh, a, a consumer or a patient about um, cannabis topicals, they all want to know if it will cause them to fail a drug test. And since you do so much R&D and are so deep in the science, I think you are probably the best person to ask. So, ah, will using a THC cannabis topical cause someone to fail a drug test? Well, um, I think that there are definitely people smarter than I as far as this particular topic is concerned. But the, the fact of the matter is we actually don't know yet. I can tell you this. This is this is what I know personally. My next door neighbor, she never has never smoked pot in her life. I gave her my strongest product. It's about 10 milligrams per one ounce serving. So it's not a it's well under the 0.3% THC. We tested her 15 mils for 30 days and gave her a UA and it came up negative. So we doubled the dose 30 well, it was 15 mils the first 30 days and then 30 mils the, the second 30 days tested her again and again it came up negative and so so I would say that probably not but if for 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 Chaba highly concentrated topicals I think that it is a possibility that it might but I don't know that for sure but I think that if you are somebody who has a job with NASA or you know you're going to lose you know your your job, 
over a, a tripped up UA that I would just not quite use them yet. Just not until we get a little bit more science about how it would actually affect a UA and what that level is for topical um, applications. So when being used topical, topically, how important is the carrier of choice by the pro product designer? Because, you know, I hear people debate, oh, we should use emu oil or, oh, no, you only need to use methanol or eucalyptus or alcohol. And, and so, so, you know, uh, if someone is truly using a topical only to treat on the top of the derma, like for psoriasis or eczema. Well, that's right. fine. But but if you're using it for you know muscle relief or anti-inflammation, I would think that you've got to break the derma. So what does it take to carry the cannabinoids through the skin barrier? Well, there, people use d differing things, and I think um, some more natural than other. Uh, you know, DM DMSO is used for penetration. Emu oil is used for penetration. In my products, I like to go like the supernatural way. Hemp is a great carrier oil, as well as some of the terpenoids, not only in cannabis, but the terpenoids in other essential oils like linalool is a great carrier for the absorption of the rest of the formula. So that's how I get it to be absorbed but my products aren't necessarily they're not um they're not designed to be transdermal but they do have a fairly deep level of penetration i do want to make one point though um as far as for if it will cross the blood brain barrier pretty much everything crosses the blood brain barrier and this is why it doesn't cause intoxication you know when we smell lavender that the, the linalool gets into the oxygen, crosses the blood barrier, blood brain barrier and so it, it travels that way. Um, but as far as uh, our products, the reason why it doesn't cause intoxication is because there's not enough of a level of that activated THC to cross the blood bar brain barrier in a high enough concentration to cause intoxication. So it's not true that things don't cross the blood-brain barrier. It is, it's important that we know that everything does. It just doesn't cross in a level that would cause intoxication. It sounds to me like there's actually a whole bunch of misinformation out there on just this little subpart because, mm -hmm. you know, um, I've certainly been in the, in the presence of someone who was selling a topical and, and, you know, a truck driver would say, you know, can I use this for pain relief in my, on my, you know, arm muscles and, and, and be sure I'm going to pass my, my urine analysis, my urine analysis at work. And it would seem that to to get your muscle relaxation you're gonna have to break through the derma and if that's mm -hmm. the case we actually don't know if they could fail a drug test because the the science hasn't been done the testing hasn't I been actually done. I don't think we know yet Shango mm -hmm. I mean there may be somebody that knows but I that information hasn't gotten to me and I would certainly love to hear about it if anybody has scientific evidence to show one way or the other yeah, people people certainly have a lot of strong opinions, but I haven't seen oh, any yeah. science yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing of think about it, we barely have any research at all on cannabis. So the topical application of cannabis is going to be one of the last things that really people put money behind to research. And I'm doing hoping to be doing some, you know, some research on my own, but you know, there's just so much to study. So so hopefully yeah, well, we got we got money influx. We got to start somewhere. So, yeah. so, 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 ah, you know, 
I can't help but imagine that women-led companies are just going to crush this new Java market niche that you've created. You know, women already lead much of both the Haba industry as it is now and also the newly forming cannabis industry. And now and now when you when you put those together into cannabis topical companies, it just seems like it's there's a lot of opportunity for women in both sides of the industry to work together. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm not opposed to working with anybody. And, and you know, I do, I just want to throw out some props. Um, you know, a couple of the, the stronger brands here in Washington are actually run by men. And there's a great company in, in Colorado that's, uh, that's run by an amazing guy who used to work for Aveda. But the women seem to be now, and I'll tell you my, the female perspective is that, um, Great manufacturers here, Megan Kush Creams, love her. That's my sister, um, doing a great job with Chaba. But the great thing is also the buyers. Most of those buyers tend to be female mm-hmm. in these grocery stores, and you know, and they tend to be the people that actually buy the products and give them to their partners or you know what I mean so it's not just about the manufacturers it's about who is actually buying these and who is you know who who's going to really push the market forward and and that's those buyers and then down to the consumers the consumers they're the ones spending the money the the women are what the I forget what the statistic is but they spend 65% or something of the household money so it, it will be female driven mm-hmm. it, you know it's a long, roundabout way of confirming that question. Yes. <laughs> right and on. I love it. I, I love the women in our community. You know, it, it's it's an amazing uh, camaraderie. So, you know, I know that a lot of what we've talked about today has been about this revolutionary law and how it could be a model for other states. Um, mm-hmm. But I also know that you are an expert product developer and, you know, and, and you're a mover and a shaker when it comes to your product line. So, so what's coming up for Cannabis Basics? What do you see in the future for your company? Well, we're super excited now that we we just got all our new display boxes. So we literally, we look seriously legit on a grocery store shelf now. So that's pretty exciting. And that, you know, the distribution company is just getting ready to go full force on that. Right now, in the next six months, we're all about community outreach. So we're doing a lot of fairs and festivals. We're doing Pride. We're doing, you know, of course, we, we sponsor HempFest um, every year. Uh, we're doing Uncorked in Kirkland. You know, we're really just trying to get out there and let the brand be seen by people that aren't in the cannabis community. It's about the mainstreaming of Chaba right now for us. And then as far as, um, you know, there's a fascinating new, you know, four years ago when I was thinking about these products, I was thinking about the whole Avon and Mary Kay kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not really crazy about the pyramid marketing scheme, but I have found in the last couple of weeks that there's been a really uh, huge influx of retired aged women that still have a business license and they're finding us and they want to be reps for my company. And I just have this vision of this army of <laughs> retired women having parties and selling Chaba to, you know, and word of mouth. We all know that that's the best advertising ever, you know. So that's a brand new kind of marketplace that I really wasn't focused on until just this last couple months, you know. So as far as selling the product, it's, you know, there's so many different avenues. Um, 
One of the things about cannabis is that is that it, it is so effective that um, mostly you just have to tell folks it's, folks it's available and they're suddenly interested. Oh, oh, and it's cool. That's the other thing. It's got a cool factor. Not only is it helping people with their aches and pains and skin issues and all that good stuff, but but these people want to be connected to this hip thing right now. Like we're all of a sudden kind of trending. You know, so that's amazing. Um, the last one thing I want to say about the future of Cannabis Basics is that we're actually looking for property right now. I think I mentioned this to you. We're, we're building a whole complex with a manufacturing facility and going to be doing hemp research, um, you know, growing hemp and processing hemp seed because we're now it's legal to grow in Washington State as of this year. This is they're rolling out the industrial hemp uh, research program. So we're looking for property right now to kind of build that dream. It'll have a museum aspect to it. There'll be classes. There'll be a little event center, some overnight stay Hemp Creek cabins. So the vision is very big, but uh, it's very bright as well. That sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for taking some time for being to be on the show with me today, Ah. Oh, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, Shango. If you would like to find out more about Ah Warner and Cannabis Basics, please visit their website at CannabisBasics.com. You can find more episodes of the Shaping Fire podcast and subscribe to the show at ShapingFire.com and on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you enjoyed the show, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a positive review of the podcast wherever you download. Your review will help others find the show so they can enjoy it too. On the Shaping Fire website, you can also subscribe to the weekly newsletter for insights into the latest cannabis news and product reviews. On the Shaping Fire website, you will also find transcripts of today's podcast as well. For information on me and where I'll be speaking, you can check out shangolose.com. Does your company want to reach our national audience of cannabis enthusiasts? Email hotspot at shapingfire.com to find out how. Thanks for listening to Shaping Fire. I've been your host, Shango Lose.